Hey guys, John Stacy here, your host of Thick, Strong, and Awkward. Wanted to remind you guys before I get into the show to make sure and enter for your shot at $200 in Cerberus gear. Uh, that's a free soft belt at $89.99 and then $100 in whatever else you want. Uh, all you do to enter is follow me on Instagram at Thick, Strong, and Awkward. Uh, follow Cerberus Strength USA and follow Cerberus Athlete Dan Hughes at StrongmanJLU. Then go to my post about the giveaway on Instagram and tag friends. Unlimited entries allowed. Winner will be announced on ADL Pro Live live stream of Clash in the Rockies on Saturday, October 9th at about 10.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Must be watching to claim your prize. And now I get to catch up with a friend of mine, Darren Heltems, otherwise known as Durbar Strongman. Uh, he's a seasoned competitor in the 105 class and is in contention to claim his spot at the Clash Finals uh, by qualifying here at the regional qualifier in Denver, Colorado. Without fur- further ado, here we go. Sweet, man. So you made it home. Are you still? Well, are you we're, still I'm still in Washington. Uh, we are house sitting for a couple of friends that are out of town until we leave on Tuesday. Nice. Yeah, because all our stuff had to get packed up, and we had to be at our place on the 30th. So, Right on, man. Yeah, it's been scrambling. Cool. And then I don't know what was up with traffic today, but that was horrible. Like, it should have been a 30-minute drive, and it took like an hour and a half. Sunday, man, it's like random, random traffic on a Sunday, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you making the time, given uh, how our last pod went. <laughs> I got a drink. I got water loaded. Do your so. thing, man. Do your thing. Yeah, you're a week out. How's your weight looking so far? Good, man. I was like 240 this morning. So yeah. that's actually the lightest I've started a weight cut in a long time. Um, I'm usually a lot heavier. Like class, I was 252. I mean, okay. I... Uh, I started cutting, you know, I mean, I started dieting down because that was like, that was a brutal cut. I don't want to do that again many times. I mean, I probably will sometime, but right yeah. now it's just yeah. easier. Water loading has been working really well for me, which is really strange because it, uh, in like in the past, I tried to water load. It never worked. I never lose any weight. And now the last two competitions, I've successfully lost 10 pounds and eight pounds respectively over the last two comps. So and like, you know, like the last one was, you know, going to Finland, I think I had a nine hour, I thought it was eight, but it was actually a nine hour difference. Water loading on a plane, right? Drinking like five liters of water on the plane. Like I was like occupying the bathroom the entire like seven and a half hour yeah. trip from Denver to Reykjavik, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, there I got to my, my Airbnb and I think it was like three, three or I'm sorry, two thirty four. Oh, wow. Okay. And I started that one at like 242, 243. So yeah, man, it was pretty amazing. So I'm going to, and I don't, I don't like cut any salt or anything. I just last day, I'm going to try two days this time of three gallons a day, which is brutal, but I mean, even though like sweating is nice, man, it makes my body feel good. So yeah. What uh, so you said you don't you didn't used to do uh, the water cuts? Were you just trying to lean out before? No, man, I was just just sweat it all out. I mean, I was, oh, I was okay, I got 15, you. I would sweat out fifteen pounds. You know, um, I mean, I was still like, I still like take. Uh, I don't know where to go. 
I still take like a like a like a natural diuretic. I've been doing evaporate. I used to do MH MHP expel, but it seems okay. to work a little bit better. I mean, it's just like dandelion root, juniper berry, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. random stuff. But then I would cut my carbs the last week just to help myself like cut some water, but mostly mm-hmm. just sweating, which is sucks, man. So yeah, water is miserable. Is, yeah, it's miserable. So water loading is working really well. So I'm going to keep at it. That's good. Yeah. Justin really likes the water loading. I've never really, uh, done it myself. Usually I just sit, deal with the misery, but. Well, that's what I've been doing for years because like I said, I mean, I tried water loading like way back in the day and it just like, I would lose absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what's happening here in the background of my computer, but, no, this happens. but yeah, I would never lose any um any weight so i thought i didn't even bother i would just sweat it out um like i said this year i just started decided to start it again and it's working really well between you know the natural diuret diuretic cutting carbs um i don't go completely to zero now i did before class because i weighed so much but when i'm like yeah. 240 i can cut it completely out um, but it helps to dump some water weight off and i'm hoping again you know by thursday night i'm 232, 234. I might not even sweat this time. I probably will. I'll probably do some hot water baths just because they they feel good. They help my body recover. So yeah, it makes you feel a little refreshed too going into a show. Yeah. Yeah. And this one's different. Like I've I couldn't tell you the last time I've actually done a water cut from home. Since I mean I'm like 30 minutes from the venue here. Yeah. yeah. Um I'm actually a little nervous about it because normally I I turn the uh my hotel room bathroom into a sauna, right? I just crank the hot water heat, put my sauna suit right. on, you know, close the door, take just blast myself with the the hotel hair dryer. You know, like like lose two, two and a half pounds every 30 minutes doing that. But now I'm doing it at home. I'm not gonna do that to my house, right? <laughs> like I don't want moisture damage. I don't know. Shame on me, I guess I don't care about the hotel bathroom. <laughs> I think Trust they're built for they, that, right? They've sealed it well, right? Yeah. But, but yeah, I'm a little nervous about doing my cut at home because I haven't done it in years. Cause if I do a home show, I'm just like do super heavyweight. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, usually it's a local comp, so you're just, you know, bumping up in the classes. Yeah. And honestly, I haven't done a local comp in a, since 2018. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm sure it'll be fine, but. Are there any events that you're nervous about? Um, you know what? This is actually a pretty good show for me, except for yoke. I'm not okay. yoke is like a man. It can be good or it can just really suck. Right. It's, just, it's always been a wild card. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's not. I'm not worried about not finishing it. It's just not being fast, right? Yeah, that's that's always my concern, and I can tell you. I don't think I've ever done an 800 pound yoke in a competition. That's heavy. I mean, I know I haven't. Or, well, when I did nationals in 19, the yoke was 820 and it like crippled me. Right. <laughs> I, I should actually rephrase that. I've never done an 800 pound yoke as an under 105 kid. At um, all? Never. This will be a first. So yeah, it's not that I've never done an 800 pound yoke. I've just never done one as an under 105k. Um, okay. 
But like I said, and I didn't really even train it because it just, I'm beat up from Finland still. And um, I shouldn't say still, it was there for like a week or two. So I just more or less avoided yoke kind of going in mm-hmm. with a little bit of prayer there. <laughs> but I mean, it's not like a new event for me. So yeah, I'm not terribly worried about it. That's the only event that I'm actually a little concerned about. Pressing went really well Saturday. Um, I haven't officially, like, I shouldn't say officially. I haven't finished the sandbag load medley in, in training. I'm training a little bit heavier and a little bit further than competition. I've been training from 40, 30, 20, 10, rather than the 30, 20, 15, 10, I think is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. So in my sandbag is 3.30 at the top. Almost finished it this last Thursday, but I feel pretty confident, fresh, rested, a little shorter run. It, yep. it, it yeah. shouldn't be an issue. Um, the adrenaline kicks in too. The adrenaline kicks in. The the you know the I don't effing care. You know my mentality mm-hmm. kicks in and you just go for broke, right? So I'm pretty confident. Deadlift is going to be a good event for me. Alstones should most definitely be a good event for me. So, I mean, I've got, I've got three events at least between the deadlift, the sandbag, and the, and the Allison, I think are going to be really good for me. Pressing, I sh- it just depends on the dumbbell. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as we saw at like Waco, a lot of people struggle with that Bartos bell. Yeah. Even good pressers did. Um, mm-hmm. So, but being the first event, fingers crossed, it'll go well. Do you know, so are you, I assume you train uh around uh what's it is it it's not geiger who is it geiger yeah adam geiger's one that's hosting the show yeah i usually um actually used to live 10 minutes away from his gym okay and so 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 he used you know is he using his home equipment for it or is he getting outside equipment you know he's (laughs) i've asked him questions and he hasn't responded so i don't know uh, I think okay. he's just, you know, he doesn't want us to know what we're using. So I mean, uh, I, mean I do though. know the Atlas stone is my stone. Um, oh. So, but I mean, I, it's going to be clean and fresh. I mean, it should be, I mean, you can only get a stone so clean, but um, yeah. it'll be, it'll be a pretty fresh stone. So I think. Uh, What's the weight on your stone? I know the goal is 365 ish, but kind of up to wherever they are. So, so I actually have, um, a custom shot loadable concrete stone. Okay. So it should be exactly 380. Oh, that's that'll be we, awesome. That's what we loaded it to. So em- empty, Sweet. empty, it's about 330. Okay. If you can get all the lead out of it, um, mm-hmm. you know, I always, always wait to start. So I know, but um, I loaded it up to exactly 380 for the show. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's what they used in Waco was 380. I know Anthony wanted it to be minimum with 365. So that's rad. Yep. Yeah. And 21 inches. So it's a nice balance zone. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think anybody should have any issues gripping it. Like I said, it's clean. Um, I'm going to put a fresh coat of sealant on it. Um, I think it'll be, uh, nobody should have any issues with it. Either you're going to be strong yeah. enough to pick it or you won't. That'll nice. be it. So. Yeah. There was a lot of grinded out reps on that 380 in Waco. There was a couple boys having some trouble. So. Yeah. I mean, Dude, I mean, uh, a prop. So, so if you just have like raw concrete, and it's not poured and cured properly, and that sloughing, right, that dustiness, 
mm-hmm. can I mean make or break your chances on a stone? And I don't know if that was the case there, but I'm, you know, some guys had a heck yeah. of a time yeah. picking it. Um, yeah, you know, but I mean, a clean stone, polished or sealed well, will make make a big difference. So, yeah, are I there any? See, uh, you expect to see what? I was just going to say, I expect to see um, people perform well on on this stone. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the final event, and I mean, it's a heavy show regardless. And there's a few boys that, I mean, typically compete at a local level, maybe aren't quite clash finals level that'll be there. Um, So, I mean, a 380 stone is nothing to uh, take lightly. Yeah. It's nothing to take lightly. I mean, for a single of 50 inches is, I mean, that's a lifetime accomplishment for a lot of guys Mm -hmm. in a 105k. I mean, I remember still when I couldn't even load 330. So yeah. Yeah, I think the first time I ever touched stones, uh, a 240 was my max, and it was it was rough going. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's been too long. I don't remember where I started, but I do remember the the, tr- the struggle of getting over that, that 330 hump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's that, 150 kilos? Is that what that comes out to? Yeah, yeah. 150 kilos, yeah. yeah. What, uh, are there any athletes in particular you're worried about? I know you got uh, San I mean, Lorenzo. He's good. Worried? I mean, um, yes. Anthony's. Okay, let me, be... let me let me let <laughs> me rephrase. You got who do you think is going to be your stiffest competition? Let's put it that um, way. Um, so I guess it depends on how Jordan's feeling, mm. or if he's even competing. I I, I don't know. I, I haven't talked to he, him. I talked to him a couple of days ago. He's still planning on competing. Um, Corona kind of kicked his ass and he's sitting in like the two twenties right now. So he's so unsure true. where he'll be at, but he's going to yes. be there. He said a healthy Jordan would definitely be. Um, I mean, if I was going to pick top five, a healthy Jordan would definitely be up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony San Lorenzo, of course, um, mm-hmm. definitely a, a top three contender. Um, Nick uh, is going to certainly be up there. Uh, Andy, uh, I think, is going to be top five. Triana, yeah. Triana. Um, and then hopefully myself. I actually haven't seen a roster, so I don't even know who's coming. Oh, so, I, I have. Other than those five. We, go, <laughs> we can go down the list real quick and see. There's a couple of guys. I don't even know who they are. I don't know if they're just local or oh, my dog wants to say. Oh, you know, I think Tyler Prude's going to be here. Tyler is. Yeah. He, uh, he's one of those guys. He grinded out the reps on the stone in um, Waco and he's been really pushing his training to prove himself. He's for, he's like 24 years old. He's really stepping it up. Right. Uh, so we got better list as of, this was a week ago, Ryan Stewart, Tyler Pruitt, Caesar Sierra, Jeremy Menning, Mike music, Andrew Froelicker, Andrew or Andy Triana, Jordan, uh, Chandler Cotto. That name sounds really familiar, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Nick Strauss, you, and then San Lorenzo. Yeah. So I heard Jeremy had to drop out. He hurt himself or something. Oh, really? Okay. That was, that was a post a week ago. So it could have changed. Yeah. Oh, no, maybe I have no idea, but I would, yeah, I I guess I don't know some of those names. I would still definitely say, um, you know, again, Jordan is a bit of an outlier. I guess it depends on how he shows up. I know he's definitely capable. Yeah, um, but yeah, Andy, Nick, and, and and hopefully me. I'm I'm shooting for the top. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this is probably a more difficult 
competition to pick a podium for than Waco was. Waco pretty much went how everybody expected it to with those top three being kind of interchangeable. Minus Jesse, who I think is still fighting some injuries and things and nobody knew for sure whether he was healthy yet. Right. Um, This one, it seems like there's probably five guys that are all fighting for those top three and and on pretty close level. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, I guess I don't know how, how Andy is on moving events or loading events or deadlift. I know his pressing is outstanding. Mm-hmm. So um, I think he'll definitely be one of the top guys on the, on the pressing medley. Yeah. Nick is fast. Nick Strauss is fast. He can move. So okay. I think he'll be, he'll be a guy to beat on, on the loading medley and the, the yoke and farmers. Yeah. I'm curious and, too. I mean, this is for a one Oh five show anywhere. I mean, these are all heavy events. So you get three events in and people that fatigue, Start right. setting in pretty hard. I mean, you got an 800 pound yoke, a 305, 310 um, farmers, right? I think it's 300. It's supposed to be 300. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Something I mean, like that, that. I, yeah. That, I mean, that's brutal just in one event. And then you got the heavy sandbags right. and everything. So you get through and get to that stone. I mean, everybody's exhausted. Yeah. So it's, I mean, this is heavier than any local show by a long shot. Oh, I mean, it's, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, yeah, I guess I don't know how I'd rank it around the country, but I mean, it's getting up there. I mean, it's heavier than nationals. Mm-hmm. I think. My fault. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's just, this is a no joke show. And even nationals has this many events spread over two days, not all in, you know, five right. or six hours. Yeah. I'd rather do them all in five or six yeah. hours myself. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I think it kind of depends on the order too. You know, our order is listed a little bit differently than Waco was. Um, with, uh, I mean, right now it's showing the yoke and the farmers the, right before the Atlas stone, which could mm-hmm. definitely have a big impact on the outcome, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Um, and especially right after the same big medley. <laughs> That's how it is. Because I think we're doing press. I mean, it's still subject to change, of course, but um, the yes. way it's listed yes. is, is press, deadlift, same big medley, yoke, farmers, Atlas stone. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, is fine for me. Doing the heavy bags before the yoke farmers can, I think will impact a lot of people that hip fatigue from picking mm-hmm. up those bags. Probably a lot of guys are going to pick them up one or two times at least um, as they drop or whatever. You know what I mean? It's going to yeah. be exhausting. Yeah, dude. I mean, the whole show's going to be exhausting. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to, I mean, it's going to boil down to my opinion, whoever, I mean, obviously all shows, you know, whoever, whoever successfully cuts and refeeds properly. Right. You mm-hmm. gotta have success success there, otherwise you're you're just shortchanging yourself for the show. You gotta recover in two events too. So um mm-hmm. it's gonna really boil down to who's who's got their uh you know, all their recovery dialed in for the day and I mean who's trained well and I mean and who's recovered well. It's yep. the way it's gonna be. It'll be what you got any be. secret uh secret tricks or anything you use to help you recover faster, any snacks or anything in particular you use on game day? On game day. Um, I, I like to eat, um, pretty much the same thing I do during my refeed after weigh-ins, which is like high glycemic carbohydrates, um, Mm -hmm. things that I can digest very easily that aren't going to weigh me down because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to compete on a heavy stomach. So a lot of times I'll eat like, um, PB and J or PB and honey on, on uh, white bread, wonder bread, some fruit snacks in between events. But I think it's just really critical for me specifically Sometimes I don't want to eat. My my appetite gets suppressed because of, you know, whatever adrenaline, 
pre-workout, whatever it is, I, I have to force myself to eat after. Yeah. Yeah. I have a tough time eating, uh, in between events or, I mean, pretty much at all, uh, the day of a competition, it's, it's pretty rough to keep any food down for me. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I used to, when I first started, I didn't eat at all the entire day because <laughs> I just, I didn't think that I could. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, now, I mean, I just forced myself to have a sandwich. Yeah. PBJ or something. I got to have something. I got to have sugar. I've got to have carbohydrates. Otherwise I just like, you know, and I, and even with that, you know, way back when I started, um, I was one of those guys that was like, I was cheering everybody on like every person screaming my head off. Right. By the last event, I was just like completely depleted. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays I kind of just keep my mouth shut and sit back and try to relax, conserve yeah. energy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's another thing. I mean, it comes up a lot on these interviews too, is like everybody loves the aspect of the sport where everybody's for everybody doing their best. Cause you don't want to like win against somebody because they came in at 70% or whatever. Right. right. Like you want everybody to do as well as they can. Um, so that if you win, you earn that win, but also there's a line where, I mean, you're expending energy when you're up there cheering for people. Yeah. So yeah. And yeah, it doesn't I'm not against it's anybody. Not, I just, yeah, I just mm-hmm. don't want to wear myself out. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, you've had a fair amount of time building that experience to know your body that well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, well, I'm probably the oldest guy here, so <laughs> I've been doing this a while. How old Donald, how old is Donaldson? I don't even know. Is he on? I don't know. I probably, I guess he's early thirties, late twenties, okay. early thirties. And you're 40. I will be 43 in December, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Are you older than Johnny or are you younger than Johnny? Yeah. What's Johnny? No, I, I don't know how old Johnny is, he's, but he's got to be pushing 50 by now. I think he's okay. got me by five or six years. Yeah, I, I, I would argue he's got to be the by a pretty good amount, the oldest guy in the sport competing. Still. Yeah, well, I mean, he's getting up there. I mean, yeah. as far as 105K guys go, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I think in Finland, we had a guy that was like 52 or something. But Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anything uh, about your recent comp that you want to, you want to talk about? I know the first couple of days you were doing real hot and you were, and, you know, I don't want to make any excuses and I, you know, it's, it's easy to, to succumb to that, mm. you know, wanting to, I mean, it's tough, right? My first day, it was a two day show. First day was the mm. qualifier for finals. Um, and I qualified and I did extraordinarily well. I was holding top two, um, I think I made, I think I was in first once or twice. I can't remember. Um, but I was in, it was eight comp, eight events. I was in second going into the sixth event. Um, but you know, I, I don't know, man. I, so the fifth event of it was the first event of the second day was a truck pole, which should have been my best event. Absolutely. And and I had a slip. I mean, I just, I fell like both feet just came right out from under. I, I don't uh, think there was anything uh, I could have done about it. It was, you know, the ground, I just, wherever I stepped was loose gravel or, you know, something happened. Um, and I panicked and ended up like just muscling, like I'm like all arms pulling this truck in. And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, and at first I was like really excited cause I still took third in it, even, even though I fell. Right. Um, yeah, I did yeah. really well in it, but, but then the next event was log press medley and it wasn't particularly heavy. It was only, I think it was like 110 or 115 to to 140 kilograms. So I mean, it was only 308 pounds at the top. And but my arms, like I could feel on the first log clean, like my arms were just like useless jelly. Um, 
And I just unfortunately didn't do well in the log press and kind of just went downhill from there. Um, yeah. So why it happened, it happened frustrating, you know, but you know, that's strong, man, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the stars just have to align and be perfect. Everything just ha- you can't have any mistakes at that level or this level of competition. I mean, any kind of slip up, any kind of mistake can just cost you massive points. Right. And, right. Yeah. you know, it's yeah. just the thing you have to deal with with the sport. But I'll tell you this much, though, having that kind of like going in and, and doing that well for over half of the competition um, and then and then falling back in the rankings. I mean, I kind of went down and up and then back down, but I'm hungry going into this competition because because I mean, yeah, I, I, I just like I can't. That's that's like uh, the way that goes is like that's that's the those are the kind of events that just like play endlessly over and over and over, right? Right, right. You know, mm-hmm. um, but but that drives me. That drives my ambition. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean that's that's the mindset to have, right? Is uh, you know short memory on uh, a lot of the things that went wrong, aside from the fact of learning from them. You know, right. I mean? oh, that's all you can do is learn from them. And yeah. I mean, I don't know about short memory, but yeah, I just thought I'm going into this one very hungry because I, I got I got to redeem myself. It's kind of how I feel. So. Yeah. What but, uh, I mean, otherwise, that was, that was a great competition, man. I mean, you know, pe- strong, strongman champions league is if you've ever competed in it, you know, it's it's run extraordinarily well. Um, they have a great production. The equipment is phenomenal. Um, you know, I just, I can't say enough good things about that organization. And it's so fun to go and compete internationally if you ever had the chance. That was uh, your second record. or third time there? That was my second time. Second. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just competing internationally. I mean, getting a different experience is worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of the local, anything in the U.S. really, I feel like, is a fairly similar. I mean, there's differences for sure, and there's differences in, like, production value and things like that. Um, right. But it's all really a similar vibe, similar feel. So I'm sure competing internationally and seeing how serious or just different it's it's dealt with is probably right. a huge refresher. Yeah, and I mean, and you get exposed to, like, different mindset. You know, you get exposed mm-hmm. to different culture. Um yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that there's anything particularly wrong with the U.S. I mean, of course, Anthony's doing a phenomenal job with with Clash. Um, it's just it's good to get that different experience if you have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say too that uh, a lot of those like strongman championships league or like European leagues in general are obviously doing something right because they have a way larger fan base than we do. Yeah, I mean, SCL, I think air. I, I think they uh, broadcast on something like 96 countries. on top of you know their their um production release that you Mm -hmm. can watch you know on the online um so i think it's just 90 some countries i think that they broadcast it so i mean it gets a lot of exposure Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome and they had a an amazon feed at one point i know i don't know if that's still there on amazon prime you used to be able to watch some of their older stuff at least right yeah i think yeah, I don't know if it's still there. I actually found them on what was the app called, like Pluto TV or something like that. Oh uh, yeah, you mentioned that last time we talked. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. You can watch like the last three or four seasons. 
for free. And none of, none, I mean, it's changing now, but none of our stuff over here has anything like that. Right. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, I mean, that, that's, I mean, it's changing, like you said, but I mean, in time, I think that it will. Um, but yeah, you got to kind of, I, I respect, I respect those guys for what they're doing. I mean, they mm-hmm. do a great job. I mean, the, like I said, the production value is top notch. The, the interviewing process, um, there are guys that are doing the actual interviewing. Or, I mean, they're, they control the interview. They ask questions and they lead you to an answer. I mean, they're not telling you what to say, right? But they're kind of mm-hmm. they're kind of controlling it, and it just makes the I don't know I don't know how to explain it. Like the the interviewing process is just it's it's just amazing in my opinion um, because it really it really gives you the opportunity as an athlete to kind of you know get your message out, let people know how you felt about the you know the experience. But um, but just having a good interviewer just makes such a huge difference. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I was trying to explain to my wife, so you can, you can actually see that when the interviewer is smiling, I'm smiling. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and when he's serious, I'm serious. And it's just because he's, he's just, he's got that. I don't know what, what you call it, but, um, he just leads that interview just so perfectly in, yeah. in you know, about a 15 to 20 second span of time. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's a, that's a real professional, um, I'm just something I'm struggling to learn how to do myself, you know, with these kind of interviews and stuff. Cause I don't want to necessarily lead anybody to anything. Right. But I get what they're trying to do when they're trying to promote, like they're, they want to lead you to a certain feeling or they want you to invoke a certain feeling in who's watching you talk. Right. Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah, that's that's tough. They're, they're not, they're not getting you to say anything particularly, but mm-hmm. they are leading you in, in, in a certain direction that gives um, yeah, that gives like some emotion and feeling and, and, you know, whatever to the, to the sport. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, and that's, they that's they really think, encourage you to get crazy too, right in front of the camera. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's something more that we need and that's something, uh, I mean, it's been coming up in more and more competitions, but then Anthony made a real note of making sure everybody in Waco was doing that and displaying their personality in the live stream yeah. and everything. And I mean, that's something I'm trying to do here too, you know, is you, you have to, it's strongman has this like stoic uh, image to it in most people's heads. Right. It's just these brute force giants out here doing these crazy things, but nobody knows their personalities. Nobody knows anything about them. And that's something that, yeah, we need to really change and start getting out there. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it helps you connect with the audience. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's gotta be some kind of communication between the athletes and the audience some kind of connection and and if it's just you know video from afar all the time and you know we 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 do an event and just walk off and you know it doesn't really yeah it doesn't yeah it's really lacking in in a lot of the the different elements that go into an athlete's performance yeah yeah i mean you you guys all have real lives too, right? Like you have a, a pretty all-inclusive job outside of Strongman. It's not like this is your everything, right? So well, yeah. Well, I mean Strongman. trying to display that and make people realize that you're real fucking people out here, not you know, millionaire athletes that this is all you do is pick up stuff. So yeah, yeah. We don't make most of us don't make anything. <laughs> we do <laughs> well, it's a, you're you're out probably, you know, 10, 15, 20 grand a year probably and if not more. I don't know if I've ever spent 
I've probably spent about 15 in one year before. I mean, between yeah. equipment competitions and, mm-hmm. and everything. And I mean, it depends on how far you want to go in, in the financial aspect, because we're all eating more than an average person too. Right. So I mean, the additional food right. costs is something if you're growing new clothes, right? I mean, it can, it can really go a long ways, but I mean, as far as equipment mm-hmm. competitions go, I mean, I've definitely already spent six grand this year on just two competitions. Yeah. It adds so, up fast. It adds up very quickly. And, and, you know, it's nice that there's actually opportunities now for us to make money, you know, where, you know, before clash on the coast, um, you can really see that cruise carrying sandbags or something. Um, but you know, we're class on the coast. Like you might be lucky to make 200 bucks on a rare, rare occasion. You know, I won 500 for winning USS nationals, um, which was like, you know, it was better than nothing, I guess, but (laughs) Um, yeah, so it's nice that we're actually getting that opportunity now, but, you know, it doesn't change the fact that you've got to be really, really good, right? You got to be keen to be <laughs> to win, to win yeah. the big bucks, right? Right now. I mean, you got to be keen, which is amazing for him, right? Absolutely phenomenal for him. Uh, but yeah, for most of us, you know, us average competitors, uh, yeah, we're just spending money. Yeah. got to love it. You got to love it. Oh, sorry. The dog keeps opening the door and then I can hear everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then, I mean, Cammy right now is just, he's setting a bar, but it's, it's almost absurd to try and reach for almost anybody else. But I mean, that's, that's what you got to do though. I mean, that's strong, Mm -hmm. man. Right. I mean, that is like, he's like, he's demonstrating like, like in my opinion, I mean, he is the epitome of strong. Mm -hmm. He is, he's the equivalent uh, the under one five equivalent of, you know, I mean, any number of guys, Big Z, Brian Shaw, Mary Spitzer Jack, who just dominated, right? Um, and nobody could catch him for a long time. I mean, yeah. Mary Spitzer yeah. was was absolutely dominant in his day. Mm-hmm. But that's strong, man. It's like, I mean, that is the epitome right there. Yeah, and he's, uh, I mean, he's taken the time to, um, you know, I know Strongman gets especially the 105 class gets a lot of like CrossFit comparisons and stuff too. Um, and I'm guilty of it in a lot of these episodes, but uh, similar things that like Matt Frazier did um, as he, he was dominating, he was winning. He wasn't real concerned about losing, but he also like noticed like every event that they threw at him, that was a weak one. The next year he came back and he won those events. Like he spent that whole year making sure that his weak spots were now his, right. his top spots. And that's what Camby did. He just won the deadlift at ASM or tied for the win. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I heard an audible across the board, 105 across the nation. Oh, fuck. When he pulled 785, I'm pretty right? sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's sick, man. Um, but, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's what you got to do, though, I, I, right? That's how. What was that? That's what you got to do. I mean, that's how you got it to be the best of the best for a consistent like span of time. And uh, I think he's pushing the envelope for guys to want to try and catch him. Right. Um, I just, it's, it's going to be interesting watching some of these younger guys that are entering this sport, um, seeing that and seeing where they get into. I think there's always, it always seems like there's kind of a collective mentality, right? Is mm-hmm. there's, it's really hard to imagine certain levels being achievable until somebody achieves it. Right. And then once mm-hmm. somebody's achieved it, 
then the the reality is is that it's achievable and so and everybody else is going to start rising up to that right and eventually those records will be broken too so yeah um it just takes that that person you know Canby's that person to to really raise the bar for under 105k and you know prove to the world that um, these these weight class athletes are capable of of so much yeah. And it's, I mean, setting the bar and then that becomes the the benchmark normal down the road a couple of years, right? It's just like in the heavyweights, uh, WSM 10 years ago and 880 deadlift was like absurd. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah, you got, you know, five to 10 of the top guys are all pulling over a G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, man. You, you, got, look back, you look back a decade or maybe a little bit more. And and the weights that World's Strongest Man was doing is lighter than what under 105 Ks do today. Yeah. You know, I mean, multiple. maybe not in every single event, but in, in a lot of in a lot of events they were. I mean, I remember watching like they were doing like a 225 a hand farmers back in like uh-huh. early two thousands, man. Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a couple of WSM highlights on like Instagram from you know the 1990s and two thousands, and it was like 240 sandbags. Uh, like you said, 225 farmers, yeah. uh, three, 315 log for reps. Right? Yeah. You know, but well, you remember even Arnold, man, the, the dumbbell was only like 180 until yeah. I don't remember what year it was that Poundstone did something crazy, like 14 reps or, or something. Right. Then it started to go up finally, but yeah, now we're at, what was the max of 330 dumbbell is the new record. Something like that. Yeah. Obscene. Obscene. But yeah, I mean, now they do like 275 for reps, right? Mm-hmm. It was just, um, yeah. but yeah, so, but it's that collective mentality, right? Um, mm-hmm. The human mind has a hard time conceiving what it's actually capable of until, until it's proven otherwise. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder And it takes those remarkable athletes to push us forward. For sure. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder too if... A little bit of that is almost causing some more of the injuries, though, that I've been seeing in the 105 specifically. I mean, obviously, the heavyweights get hurt, too. But I feel like the 105s collectively in the last year, year and a half have seen more torn biceps among, you know, some other injuries, too, than in years previous. I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, I tore my bicep on a 235-pound axle clean. (laughs) Which, I mean... (laughs) That's I mean, not crazy. That's not right? very much. I mean, that was a warm up, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe I mean I've always I, I've said for a long time that that a bicep tear in strongman isn't an if it's a when. Um, yes. It's such a common injury now. Um, is it completely avoidable? I don't know. Maybe mine tore because of lack of mobility. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that certainly contributed to it. I don't know if it was all, you know, the entire reason, but certainly contributed to it. But yeah, I mean, when you move heavier weight, man, the risk is going to increase. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. something that we all have, you know, every time we step on the field, I mean, we're assuming that risk. So, I mean, injuries are going to happen. Um, and when they happen, I mean, you just, you have to assume, you know, responsibility for it as an athlete. So um, yeah. And I mean, by no means am I saying we shouldn't have heavier events and heavy, uh, keep pushing that envelope of like what the one Oh fives are capable of. It's just an interesting like anecdote to me, um, to think about the, the, those injuries seem to be increasing a little bit 
but also I, I feel like you're kind of people are coming back stronger from a lot of them. Um, oh, yeah. And then two, uh, you're kind of weeding out the people that are those genetic anomalies that deserve to be at the top too. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I would say bicep injury. Well, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. It's not the worst yeah. injury yeah. in the world. Right. I mean, it's super recoverable. Um, and like you mm-hmm. said, if, if, if you're, if your recovery goes as planned, and I mean, you're not doing anything that your PA or your surgeons, you know, telling you not to do, I mean, you will come back stronger. I mean, we've seen mm-hmm. it over yeah. and over. I'm, I mean, I experienced that. Um, Same. but, but yeah, I mean, um, the bar has got to go. The bar has to rise. That's, that's the entire point of the sport. The only thing that I will say though, is that, you know, in some regards, um, there are safety issues though. I think that promoters need to start being a little bit more aware of, um, you know, specifically the, the flooring that we sometimes find ourselves competing on, um, you know, not, not, not trying to knock anybody by any means, but that, that Finkel's finger at ASM last weekend looked pretty dangerous. Um, yeah. fortunately nobody slipped and fell, but I mean, I, I you know, it's things like that, that, that I think we all need to be a little bit more conscientious of and mm-hmm. making sure that the athletes are, their safety is still being taken into account. Right. I mean, you know, if I, if I lift a log and I pass out and drop it off on, on myself, that's one thing, right. That's, that's on mm-hmm. me. But, yeah. but, you know, if I'm on, uh, you know, I've got, you know, a 500 pound fingers finger or whatever those things weigh, I don't know what they are. Um, or 300, I guess. And my feet slip off from under because I don't have, tr- you know, cause the floor slippery and it falls on me. You know, that's a, that's a different story. Yeah. Fortunately that's not happened yet, but um, as the weights do go up, like I think that that needs to be taken into consideration. A bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think I agree with you on that. I think a lot of people there, there's like two sides in this sport too. There's people that agree with that. Um, and then there's people that are like, well, it's strong, man. You're taking the risk. And like, no matter how dangerous the event, they want to chalk it up to that. Yeah. I think, well, I think there's I, less I, of I, those. I'm but, not a lawyer, so I don't really want to say, but I, I don't want to like right. make any like determinations, but I think, mm-hmm. I, think you would, I think you would find that your, your, uh, uh, indemnification is, is invalid at that point. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Cause yeah. I think they, I think negligence could be easily pre- be proven. So, I mean, you gotta think, start mm-hmm. thinking about stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah and you can tell on that right. floor too at ASM, um, watching, uh, any of the videos on the sandbag because they are all just shuffling, barely picking up their feet back to the bags. Right. And it was, right. it looked like one long step and they were going on their ass. Yeah. I mean, but that's, yeah, that's not as, I guess, not quite as dangerous, but yeah, it's still, I mean, no, yeah. I'm just like, referencing the the slickness of the floor and then they, it was the same floor they used for the finger fingers. So I'm surprised it didn't look as, you know what I mean? Intense. Yeah. 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 So, and I mean, I don't know what the answer is to that because obviously the, the convention centers are, some of the easiest uh, venues to acquire, like at least the most, I don't know if I should say the easiest, but um, they make the most sense in a lot of regards for indoor. Mm-hmm. Things, right. Um, but, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I think that, that promoters and, and whatnot needs, you know, as the weights go up, I mean, those things are going to have to start being considered. A little bit. Yeah. That's something uh, I've talked to Anthony about too, that he's interested in in trying to find a way to down the road um, implement a like athletes health insurance kind of policy thing going forward. 
Um, it's a ways off, obviously. There's a lot of details right. to figure out there, but it's something that he's yeah, yeah, yeah. got in his radar to try and figure out. So, yeah, that would be good, certainly for you know the common injuries that happen in the sport. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I would like to see some, and I and I don't have the answer. I'm just pointing out a, a problem that I see. But um, you know, a better flooring would be nice if it was possible. <laughs> yeah. Are there any other injuries that you've suffered besides torn bicep, like major ones or anything? No, that's the worst, really. I mean, I've, I've had like partial tears. I mean, I partially tore my right bicep actually three months before I had total detachment on my left. And it's been kind of nagging off and on. I It popped on me again, right? Like three weeks before clash, two weeks, mm-hmm. three weeks before clash. Um, I tore my calf in 2014 nationals so that's another example of where i was in first after the first day and first mm-hmm. event of the second day like my calf tore it was like on a wheelbarrow or something i was like three steps in and my calf popped and, oh, wow. and i mean oh, wow. i finished the wheelbarrow and then the last and, and this is the year that james won and, and i don't think i would have beat james i mean he came up like second day like a bat out of hell right? mm-hmm. but um <clears throat> um by the last, there was only two events the second day. I think we did four the first day and two the second, something like that. And by the last event, my like calf, my whole like lower leg had like swollen up. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I finished the show because I'm a meathead and, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I showed up to compete. So I finished, but, you know, I hobbled the way in and I think I finished in 10th or something like that. Oh, so, wow. so yeah, shit like that. You said you were in first on the, after the first day? I was in first after the first day and then the three steps into the first event on the second day, my calf tears. <laughs> um, that's tough. Yeah. That's a tough break. Uh, especially at, at nationals when you're probably reaching for your pro card there, but. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so that that's, been the, that's been my story though. All the time. I'm like, I'm always just like mm. right there. Yeah. Are you thinking, were you planning on going to nationals this year? You weren't right. No, no, I honestly, I, you know, I gave up my ambition for a pro card a long time ago and I kind of reignited here recently, but it just, I don't know. It would be nice to have, obviously it carries some weight right in the United States anyway. Um, but it's not really necessary anymore. So, I mean, to compete at the level that I want to compete at, I don't really need it. So, Mm -mm. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, now it's opened up to where that. you can uh it's opened up to where now you can compete with the big boys and the best of the best through yeah. the clash series or now they even are doing ASM invites through the online qualifier and things like that. So right. You know, I mean, not that and everybody I think and I think there's some obvious um prestige, I guess, for the last of lack of better words, you know, depending on you know, the organization that you compete in. Uh, but, you know, I've got, I've got my nationals win. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when the USS nationals overall heavyweight in 2018 doesn't make me a pro, doesn't make me anything, right? I just won nationals, but um, mm-hmm. you know, I've got that under my belt and I'm pretty satisfied with that. It would be nice to win the SC nationals, right? It'd be nice to win a world, a world title, but I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied yeah, with what yeah. I've accomplished at this point. Mm-hmm. How, what, 
how old were you when you started competing? I think 30. 30. So, I mean, 13 years, you want, you've won Nats, you've got, you know, a few other like decent event wins under your belt. Like you, I'd say you're doing pretty good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not unhappy with, you know, the only thing that I'm unhappy with is, is, you know, those, those events that just, you know, things just go south out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. You know, the things that you can't control that, that, you know, Really, I shouldn't be worried about the things I can't control, but they're the ones that you can get the most, <laughs> right? Because mm-hmm. you look back and it's like the things that you can't control, I can learn from and do differently. And and maybe even my calf tear was something that I did wrong. I don't know what that was. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, I mean, that's uh, strong. Man is definitely, you've got to be strong. You got to be fit. You got to be well-rounded, right? You got to be prepared. But it, I think a lot of people can attest to the fact, I mean, unless you're absolutely completely dominant, right? I mean, that's that's the best place to be. But mm-hmm. unless the stars align perfectly for a lot of people, I mean, it's just, uh, it's anybody's game most days, mm-hmm. right? Right. And that's the sport. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's everybody's seen it in all kinds of competitions. Like it, it takes one quick misstep and it can throw off, you know, the next four events for you. Yeah. As you know, as yeah. I know, everybody that competes knows. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a matter of capability. Like it's just, uh, there's just so many factors that go into every single competition. Mm-hmm. That's what's, I mean, that's what's fun about the sport though, too. Right. Is that, yeah is uh i mean trying to trying to figure that out trying to uh maintain a level of performance um you know the training the whole process man that's that's what i love about it the most yeah and then and then being adaptive to differences in equipment when you get to a competition from what you train with to the floors like we've been talking about so i mean every little detail you can you can train every event for a show and then get there and it's a hundred percent different than what you wanted to do. Yeah, you know, and I was actually having a conversation with guys at the gym recently uh, along these lines. Is like at this point, I mean, I've been competing and training for you know, I've been training a little bit more than thirteen years, but I've been competing for thirteen. Um, I'm pretty much familiar with all of the events at this point, and mm-hmm. there's there's more benefit to me uh, just focusing on being strong and. Like there's, there's events that I don't even train for anymore because I, they, they beat up my CNS too much. Um, right. They are actually more detrimental to my training than they are helpful. Um, and like you said, you, you could train on the implements you have all day long and show up at a a competition and you've got to be able to adapt and change anyway. So there's a lot to be said about just being strong enough. You're spending all like a lot, a lot of time training the events day in, day out. I mean, isn't I'm not saying it's bad, but I don't think it's necessary either. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's multiple schools of thought, obviously going into prep for any competition that, I mean, you talk to many, every coach has their own approach to it. Um, And then a lot of people don't, they do their own programming and they have a different approach, but there's the people that meticulously want to train on the exact implements and everything the same. And like, basically just be in a repetition mode of, okay, this is the competition. I'm going to do this a couple of times a week and I'm going to be ready on game day. And then there's the people like you that just want to be all around strong. They might touch it just to refamiliarize real fast. And then, you know, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it depends on the experience level too, right? And that's kind of where I'm saying with me, I mean, competing and training long enough, 
it's probably not as important for me as a newer athlete, right? Mm-hmm. New athletes certainly need to spend more time on, you know, yeah. the exact implements. And and again, there again, yeah, it's really nice if you can get your hands on the exact, right? You know, implement that you're going to compete on. But man, I, I mean, that takes how often can you do that? You're, how often can you do that? I mean, you're, you know, I went through a stint where, where I was chasing my pro card and I was buying a thousand dollar piece of equipment, every competition, you know, it seemed like it. I mean, certainly for nationals, yeah. I mean, cause there, there was a, there was a period where the, uh, the main sponsor equipment sponsor was changing like every year. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that was back in like the big dog strong and the Bartos and, you know, beast metals and whatever else that came along. And so, mm-hmm. so, you know, I really wanted to win. So I, start spending money on buying all this equipment that mostly sits and collects dust now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I was bound to determine I was going to train on that exact piece of equipment so that I had the best chances of winning and still didn't work for me. It didn't anyway, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it only gets you so far if you don't have the actual strength. Cause I mean, you obviously at this point have your, your thousand hours of each event specific, um, stimulus like programmed into you right so yeah you just you don't need it yeah i don't need it i mean um you know there's some there's some events that that like log press that has just never been natural for me that okay. i definitely need to spend some time on um and i do continuously work on log press because there's a fine line for me of where i like sit back if i'm like you know just a little just like an inch hair forward everything just falls apart <laughs> okay yeah uh, i wouldn't have known that cool. actually uh you uh, you always come across as a pretty decent log presser it seems to be as long as you can clean often you don't seem to like to press away very much um i mean clean's easy for me that's almost always yeah. the easiest because i mean i'm a good stone lifter and i feel like a log clean is very similar to a uh um uh atlas stone i yeah. mean you know as far as the rolling up portion is uh, thrusting the hips um, but, but yeah, I mean, I can be a, a decent log presser. <laughs> it just, it's, it's one of those events too, where yoke and log have always been sort of wild cards for me. I can do really well, or I can just kind of suck ass. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's, and it's a little, and it's a form thing and it's just, those are just not natural for me. Like we're dead. Like I could not deadlift for like four weeks and go in and pull a PR. Okay. Yeah. I guess it's just, I mean, that's it's just the normal. opposite of me. <laughs> yeah. I, and I can actually not touch an Atlas stone for a year and go and rest it and probably hit a PR. It's just, it's like riding a bicycle for me, mm-hmm. but, but log is definitely not interesting yeah you've got your uh your brute force lifts the deadlift and the atlas stone down pretty well then yeah yeah i mean those are my best those are typically my best events hmm. okay truck pull is pretty good too um i wish we did more truck pulls i do too they're i mean they're a pain to set up but they're always fun i think yeah. um and they look great dude they look amazing especially i mean if you got enough truck behind you um, mm-hmm. it looks really sweet I had the opportunity to like to pull a, a tractor trailer right before um, Finland, and man, it looks it just looks so sweet. Yeah, yeah, it's dope for videos, dope for pictures. Uh, spectators love to see it. 
Um, it's something everybody loves to cheer for. It's really exciting. Uh, what I think would be great if it was feasible is a like race. Yeah. But I just, it's so hard to set up. And, and honestly, the, 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 having two identically weighted tractor trailers on the exact same grade surface. I mean, I mean, just any Mm -hmm. surface is not going to be perfectly graded, you know, 20 feet apart. Unlikely anyway. Yeah. That makes it kind of tough, but it would have to be a very nice inside convention. I mean, I think like the hangar where the Denver comp is going to be, if it were, if you could get two trucks that weighed the exact same, I think that kind of convention center where you got the huge bay doors, you can get them in there. Lots of space. It's about the only place you could do it. But then your surface is going to be probably possible to be slick. On, yeah, right? slick as you know? fuck. Yeah. So, so I mean, can you lay down rubber or something? Maybe I don't know. And yeah. and, and, and actually have it stick. I don't know how you make mm-hmm. it stick because I don't know either. I think it would still move, but probably um, we've been kind of talking here about trying to do a charity event. Um, maybe after we do the World Record Atlas Stone in December. Um, weather's kind of a little bit unpredictable in the winter here, but on average, it's usually fair enough. I think we could do something outside. Um, but okay. I'd like to do, I've kind of been talking about it, nothing set in stone, just kind of a, an idea at this point of either just doing a charity event with you guys, getting out, pulling some trucks, or even doing like SEL recently did in, um, I think in Ukraine, they had the World uh, Truck Pulling Championship. Where they okay. did, they so they did a, a non-rope assisted truck pull, um, and then a rope assisted truck pull, an arm over arm, and maybe they did a drag. I don't know. Okay, I've never done a non-rope assisted. That sounds awful. It would be awful. <laughs> you have to bear crawl, right? That's the only yeah. choice you've got. Yeah, but I don't know. I think something like that for one hundred five k would be would be would be a lot nice. of fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it would look cool. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, I think that would sell some tickets too. People would really be into that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially especially we did as a charity event too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of where I'm leaning towards, at least initially, is two thirty event. Uh, we've yeah. had a couple. What, uh, events, but... Where is? I know we've talked about you doing your stone um, world record one hundred five stone in December. Where are you doing? Is that your gym? So, so it's not my gym, but it's the gym that I train at. Um, okay. I mean, I, I train a lot at home too. I've got like a mm-hmm. pretty nice setup in my basement, but there's a gym that I train at V23 athletics in it's technically, I think Inglewood, but it's Southern South Denver area. Okay. And it is, uh, December. I always, I always forget if it's 11th, right? I think that's what you said it's last the time. 11th. We got to look. Yeah. So it's December 11th. I don't know why I want to keep saying the 14th. So I'm to check. <laughs> um, but uh, it's December 11th here in Denver. Right now we've got six guys. Um, so Cambia uh, unfortunately has thrown Not in the hat, out. which I totally get, yeah. man. I mean, he's been mm-hmm. going hard and heavy. We we kind of talked about it early on if he was going to be able to to make it that far because he's still got all his yeah. cheat to him. So um, so we're down to six guys. Uh, I may. I'm, I'm, Thinking about it, I haven't decided yet. I may open it up to a limited um, qualifier to invite a couple more guys. 
to fill some 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 gaps. So, so right you, now, it's just invite. so right now it was just invite only. Um, it was kind okay. of a spur of the moment thing. You know, we went invite only. I invited uh, mostly finalists from Clash on the Coast, guys who yeah. I think are very capable of loading a very heavy Atlas stone. Um, I've wanted to keep the number down a little bit just because. Um, I mean, we've all seen when, uh, you know, Alice Stone had a competition for reps, like by the time the last guy gets to it, it's just, it's so just slick and coated up with tacky that either it's glued to the floor or you can't get a grip on it. And I don't want, I don't want that to happen at a, at a world record attempt. Mm -hmm. You don't Mm -hmm. want somebody missing a big load because, you know, we've, we've smeared like half a, you know, an entire jar of spider tacky on a stone, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, so, so I'm trying to keep it down, but I think, I'm kind of thinking maybe that, so again, nothing written in stone yet. I'll make a decision, I think, after Clash in the Rockies. Um, I may open it up to um, maybe two more guys, um, an online qualifier. It may be something like um, max number of reps in 60 seconds or a max Alistone, I think having people do a max for a qualifier for an Alistone may be a little bit harder than saying, um, I don't know, actually, I, I got to think about it. I, I just started thinking yeah. about it because yeah. nobody, has, not very many people have the same exact uh, weight Alistone, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was so, thinking about. If, if you try to so do a do max, do it's really tough. So, you know, how do we do that? I don't know. Um, I need to kind of think about it. If we're going to actually go that route or not, it's just kind of something that I've been thinking about. Um, mm-hmm. maybe bring in a couple other guys because I had a few people um, show some interest in wanting to come, which I totally get it. Um, you know, it's just not, it's not going to be a thing where everybody is going to, to be here. Cause again, I've got, you know, we've got the one stone that's loadable. Um, I don't want it to be totally smeared up with tacky by the time we get to the pop weights. Yeah. Um, so it is, it's, it's going to be limited. It, won't be the only time for people to qualify, you know, to come in and attempt, hopefully. Um, I mean, I don't plan on this being the only time that I do this, but I mean, there'll be other opportunities around the mm-hmm. country, hopefully in the world. Um, but, you know, I'd like to try to open it up to some of the other guys that have uh, expressed some interest. And the if record right now is 450? So it's 452, it's 205 kilograms. Um, was loaded by Ron, and sorry, Ron, if I butcher your name, Ron Diaz of Australia. Mm. Um, so he's so so to my knowledge, and and I've and I've asked several people. Luke Davies mm-hmm. keeps a, uh, a a list of records from under 105Ks. He agrees as Ron. Um, I talked to the strength uh, results guys out in Sweden. Um, they agree that it's Ron. So it's 205 kilograms is the heaviest stone loaded in uh, under official conditions uh, to 122 centimeters or more, uh, which is 48 inches. Um, so, so 452 is is the is the weight to be. We're going to go to 48 inches too because that's what that's what the super heavy guys do. That's what that Stoltman's records were loaded to. That's what Shaw's records were all loaded to. Um, so we're going to stick to the 48 inches. That's a that's a big stone. Uh yeah, it's absolutely a big stone. I mean, I don't know that I could load 450 every any day of the week. Um, but you know, I do expect uh in December, 
I, I definitely think we'll see uh, 220 kilograms, about 484, I think, minimum. Okay. I can see uh, that. Yeah, definitely. I, I, believe, I believe we'll see 500 plus. But 484 minimum. Um, but, but, you know, we shall see. We'll see how everybody's feeling, what condition they're in. You know, I mean, uh, most of us have – have been competing or going to be competing in big shows leading up to it. Uh, Joshua Isley is the only one that's going to be like totally fresh. So, you know, my he's a good stone loader too. Maybe kind of riding on him <laughs> to, yeah. to come and show us all how it's done. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, it's, I mean, we'll see how it goes, man. Yeah. He's got some long arms, man. I think he'll be the, uh, he'll be a guy to beat. Yeah. Definitely. Well, he doesn't even have to stand all the way up. <laughs> to yeah. <load> in, right? <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's strong, man. This is, that's, that's how this part is, right? It's, uh, it's meant to weigh everybody's, uh, each individual's uh, strengths and weaknesses. That's why we have multiple disciplines. This one just happened to be, we're, we're actually going to do a couple more events. We talked about it, um, you know, having everybody come down here for just one event didn't seem uh, really uh, I don't know, economical for everybody. So we're going to do a couple more events too. Uh, the, I mean, the headliner, the primary reason we're doing it is for the Atlas Stone, but we're hoping to do um, a max weight farmers for 50 feet too, no drops. Oh. Because um, some of these guys, dude, I, I won't probably be hanging with them past 350, but I think... I mean, I think 375 to 400 may may go down. Wait, is that Very that's possible. no drops for 50 feet? No drops for 50 feet. I could 400 might be pushing it, but right there, I think. Yeah, I yeah, mean, upper... dude, like Congdon like posted 355 or something and just smoked mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, um, I think we'll see some pretty heavy farmers go in uh in december too and then then lastly we're going to do um a 50 pound sandbag throw for height okay because i think you know why 50 pounds it's what i think is a good standard for height um you know i it's just my opinion nobody is there's no other reasoning there (laughs) you know highland games Mm -hmm. is 56 pound one one arm right for height um Maybe that's what we should do. I I don't know, um, but I you know I decided we're gonna do fifty pound bag for for max height, and I think okay. eighteen okay. feet minimum. I think eighteen feet is achievable, and we don't have any record for that either. So take it for what it is. Uh, what's you What's your best? Because you're a good bag thrower. What's your best height for fifty pounds? So I can. can consistently hit about 17 feet three inches on my setup i have narrowly missed 18 feet over and over and over and over again because my i think it's because my crossbar i need to get on a different setup and really find out but my so Mm -hmm. so my setup sits up in my um yoke and my crossbar i have to get almost underneath of it to get the height Mm -hmm. and i'm pretty positive i've achieved the height but i keep hitting the crossbar on the throw. Oh, okay. And it's, and it's preventing me. It's possibly what's preventing me from getting it. I think I can get 18. Okay. So we've got at, at V23, we've got the, like the 90, whatever they are, they're like 
insanely tall they're like 96 inches tall yokes mm-hmm. um so we can get the crossbar up high enough and out of the way okay so i think we can do that but but you know they just did the max weight over 15 feet at asm we kind of talked about maybe going after that too um but i don't, I don't want to take anybody's thunder just yet <laughs> yeah i mean they only got 60 pounds but I think, but I think that was, that was in a full competition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think James is at 65 in training. Okay. You know, I've hit 60 in training. I've only actually tried it once. Um, I hit 60. I don't know what I could actually do. 70 is getting up there, I think, but it's definitely achievable. I think it's there for somebody. Yeah. Uh, if that's the only event that they're doing, I think, yeah, if that fatigue, you'd be surprised how, I mean, a lot of people that don't know or haven't done sandbags don't know how fatigued you are by the time you get there. That's, that's for every event, you know, and that's kind of where, you know, I talked with Anthony about doing the Alice stone. Cause it, cause again, you know, strength lead is, is uh, endorsing the, uh, the event. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we kind of talked about doing it at, at clash in the Rockies. And I'm like, I don't know if it, you know, I either have to like focus on the Atlas stone or the competition and I'm going to go focus on the competition. And then yeah, is it really yeah. worth it for me after to do the Atlas stone? And if I did it before, is it going to screw me for, <laughs> for the show? You know, we, everybody knows that. And that's why, that's why like the log press records are done individually. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Atlas stone, uh, for open classes done individually, you know, the deadlift world championship is the first event that a lot of, you know, I mean, even Eddie was just, I think that was the only event he did that day. Yeah. Right? Um, there's a reason for that. Cause we know that fatigue has a huge impact on max effort. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the height uh, event would be a lot of fun though. I think uh, the 50 yeah. pounds is, I mean, I couldn't do 16 plus feet with it, but there's a lot of you boys that can. So I think that'll be a, a fun one to watch. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a good time. And, and you know, again, Joshua Isley made, made that one too. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, more power to it, man. Twice coming. Yeah. Yeah, you got to take advantage of your leverages. Some guys are just built better for certain events. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. That's the fun part about Strongman, man. Everybody, I mean, if you lined up everybody that competed in Waco, like nobody looks even close to the same from, you know, one to 10 all the way through. Yeah. So. Well, well, I mean, you know, you look at um, a couple of the guys didn't do so well on the deadlift and then, you know, did really well on the yoke. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's not always, you know, that, that's the nice thing about strongman is you don't have to always be statically strong to do really well in the events. Right? You've got to be well-rounded. That's at the end of the day. Yep. And you don't have to always win every event. I mean, we've seen that at, at World Strongest Man, too. I mean. Pretty sure Shaw's won at least one of his titles with, I mean, without winning any of the events in the finals. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not necessary. It's a points game. It's whoever is the, the best all around athlete most of the time, with the exception of some of the dominating athletes. Yeah. Yeah. And those are few and far between. Like people want to talk about the dominating athletes, but they're, a, you know, a drop in the bucket <laughs> against the other guys that tend to, be at that same level and compete and win, you know, arguably as often that are right. just well-rounded and, you know, maybe get third across the board and wind up with the points at the end. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
we all want to be the dominant athletes. So. <laughs> we it's just it's just the well-rounded ones that are there's a lot more of us. <laughs> mm. At least I like to think I'm a well-rounded athlete. <laughs> I I will pretend that I am, but my deadlift is trash and my yoke is trash. So yeah, I don't know. Yoke's always been one I've definitely struggled with uh, off and mm. on. It just it beats me up so bad. I just it's, yeah. Every time I can't train it because I get my CNS just fries every single time. Yeah, man. It's, it's exactly what happens to me. If I go, you know, it used to be, it, it's getting heavier what I can tolerate, thankfully. But but now it's like anything over like 7.30, 7.50. And I'm, I'm wrecked for a week, man. Yeah. But deadlift is the same way. Deadlift is exactly the same way. If I go for a, a max or a max triple, like all out max, I'm wrecked for a week. I can't even press. Yeah. Because yeah. it, just, it just destroys my CNS. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's kind of, but that's where you learn to adapt and adapt your training, and um, you know, work around it and keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we can't all be, you know, John Hack, Bilbo Swaggins, deadlifting eight hundred pounds every week, and right. I don't know how those guys still do it, setting man. PRs. Yeah, we're like Luke Davies, man. I've asked him about this before. They just like deadlifts four days a week, and I'm like, how do you, yeah. how do you even walk? How do you get out of bed uh, the next day, man? Yeah, yeah, it, it hurts me to think about. Uh, yeah, not my cup of tea. <laughs> what uh, I know you were talking about last time. Um, you don't get to go back to Antarctica until like 2023. You were thinking, how's work going? Oh, yeah, my job. Um, <laughs> you sound excited to talk about it. Well, you know, I mean, the government, it's government contract work. So, I mean, you have any experience with the government, it's not the most efficient. It's a fun job, though. <laughs> um, it's got, I mean, it's got a lot. Like, I work with amazing people. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I work on for the Antarctic uh, Supply Contract, which is part of the United States Antarctic Program. Um, and, yeah, because of COVID, I won't. So I didn't go to Antarctica this year. So typically I would go at the beginning of every year because um, I'm a program logistics manager for the program. And we have one, we have like like a barely a two month period where we can get a resupply vessel down um, every year in the Austral summer. And this last year, we didn't even send a vessel down because of COVID. Um, we flew in supplies, which is very atypical. And then now um, we, so, so actually, I mean, I, I haven't said everything that I do. I actually work on specifically on a construction project. Our construction project has been pushed back. And so while we are sending a few materials down this year, I'm not going to go. Um, and then construction is supposed to resume in the fiscal 23 season. Um, and I should be back then. So yeah, it's, I was there in 2020. We'll be back till FY23. So you say you go for like a month at a time. Yeah. A few weeks. I I'm not, my, my only purpose there is, is, uh, as a logistics manager is to, to be there to oversee the, the receipt of the materials that, that we shipped mm-hmm. out of Port Winnie, California. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Games, a little but break. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's an old Navy installation, right? So it's, I mean, it's not, 
Antarctica itself is, I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. It's, it's just like vast frozen wasteland. There's like no vegetation, right? Anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, very few animals. You got penguins, skuas, which are like gigantic seagulls, um, whales and, and seals. That's like, that's the only life that's there. Uh, but it's, but it's beautiful. And like a, cl- a clear day, you know, where the sun's shining. Um, and when I go down, it's 24 hours a day. Right? The sun just circles the oh, sky. Nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's beautiful. It's it's something that is worth seeing. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot going on there other than work, right? <laughs> I mean, you go there to work. And so every day is work. Um, and it's people on top of people when I go down there because I'm down during the peak um, peak season when when everybody's down. I mean, during the, the supply vessel operations is when the most people come down because we've got we've got navy personnel come down because the nav chaps are our, our dock workers or our um stevedores if you will uh depending on on you know they build an ice pier for the vessel um so literally like ice dirt and i think they might have some metal like mesh or something i don't actually know it's all built but um there's been times where it's blown out to sea and then the army is added to bring in their module causeway system. So that just adds to the personnel, right? Because <laughs> those are just like people on top of people. And yeah, it's it's not it's not my it's not my favorite time of the year. Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean they got a, a badass gym there, surprisingly. Yeah. Um you would be surprised. I actually met a strongman down there. Yeah, like strongman equipment was shipping down, which was because he was like a seasonal <laughs> worker, so he's there for several months. Um <laughs> But there's like this really badass gym, like in Antarctica, like in the most remote place in the world, you have like 200 pound dumbbell, right? <laughs> I mean, seriously, like five pounds up to 200 pound dumbbell. Can you find that in most commercial gyms that stays that? So, uh, so, I mean, there's that. I mean, I mean, if you want to, it, it would be a great place to go for a season for five months if you wanted to bulk because you get all the food that you want to eat, a sweet ass gym, right? Um, I mean, and you don't have to drive anywhere. You know, I mean, everything's like a, a walk, you know, across the, the street to everything you need. You'd be amazed how much time you spent, you save in your day. You go work 12 hours and still have a lot of time to go train, eat, sleep, and just repeat. Yeah. It's like yeah. the most ideal, like bulking place on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's similar to, uh, the Arctic slope in Alaska. I think we talked about before. That's a similar situation. Like they, there's the gym and there's work and then there's the food hall and that's what you got. And it's all paid for. Good to go. Dude. It's, I mean, it's, it's really amazing in a lot of ways. Um, but there's not much to do. Like I said, I mean, you can't get, you, you have very little privacy, you know I mean? There's some like you, you can rent, I think you, I think you can rent like a snowmobiles and go out on uh, like kind of a little bit of a, um, you know, there's an uh, old Scott hut, um, which was I like the first, I can't, Captain, whatever his name is, Scott, I'm not good at the history, landed at this location back in like the very late 1800s. And so like the original hut that they built on the point uh, is still there. So, I mean, oh, wow. you, can go, you can walk around and, you know, there's a little bit to do. It's not, not mm-hmm. too much, but, you know, they have internet. Um, it is prioritized for operations so and yeah and I, you know i think it's still like basically dial up but <laughs> it's nice. not that bad it's not that bad and they're upgrading it but um 
you know, it's not terrible. Right on. Yeah, it sounds like a good gig. Yeah. And, you, you know, and we travel, we transition through New Zealand. So, you know, you're going to get three days to a week just hanging out in Christchurch, which is really amazing. Yeah. People pay good money to go there. Oh, yeah, man. It's beautiful. I love, dude, Christchurch is an amazing yeah. place. Yeah. New Zealand's on my list. Definitely of places I would definitely like to check out. Dude, the food is amazing. Like, I just, I don't know, man. <laughs> The food in the United States, I mean, there's good food here, right? Mm. But like my experience, like on average, the food quality is 10 times better in New Zealand. You know, I mean, all the beef is like grass fed, right? So Um, I think they really focus a little, a lot more on like natural, you know, quote unquote, organic, whatever. um, Well, but in the real sense of it, right? Not, not here where things can be organic or, you know, different things are being considered organic here instead of it's like, this is a cow raised in a pasture eating what it's supposed to eat. It's an organic animal, right? I mean, yeah. I was laughing yeah. at the term organic. That's why I was like quoting it organic. Right. I think it's a stupid label because mm-hmm. like, you know, like one time I saw this bottle of, of black mineral water or something like that. And it said organic minerals. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, I don't think yeah, you, unless it's all carbon, I don't think you understand that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just such a, such a stupid marketing ploy, like organic mm-hmm. vegetables. Well, those ones are organic too, man. <laughs> They're all organic. Yeah. And they have to pay money to get the organic seal on there so they can charge more for it. But it's like, it's, uh, it's not different. It's stupid. Really. it's stupid. But yeah, I mean, Food quality is is so much better outside of the United States, in my experience. And I haven't been like I haven't been to like a lot of places. I think I've been to five other countries besides the U.S. Okay. And yeah, my experience is the food quality is so much better. We have such poor quality food here, which is unfortunate. Not I mean, I mean, you can get better quality food, but it's so expensive. Yeah. Right. The 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 low the low quality crammy food is also the cheapest, which maybe makes sense, but it's unfortunate too. It's unfortunate that, that we have to choose. Mm-hmm. Spend That's all your money on quality food <laughs> or, you know, be unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then that's, you know, the health crisis here of obesity and everything else is causing a lot yeah. of other spikes and other issues. So it's, it's, it should be a priority, but it should be, it should be like, yeah, our country doesn't seem to really stress health healthy eating exercise or anything. Um, yeah. Well, know, now if you, one. if you do, if you do stress it and you make anybody feel bad about themselves because of it, you get canceled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, don't want to go. Don't get me on that tangent. Cause <laughs> that's you know, one of the, the nicest things about being in Finland was, um, well, I shouldn't say one of the nicest things, but it was really, it was really nice to see that the, the people there were, extraordinarily active um like i've never seen so many people in every community they went everybody's riding bikes and, and mind you this isn't finland isn't like you know i'm into france where their their old towns are like really compact right all the streets are narrow and it makes sense to walk because it's easier to get around but here it's a yeah. lot more open it's kind of kind of a lot like alaska as, as i understand i mean it's just as far north right i think I think Anchorage and Helsinki are on the Something same like that, yeah, across, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, everybody's out and like biking and doing their Nordic walking, you know, with the poles or they, they're on skates doing it. I mean, everybody's out. And, and the, the people that I talked to there said that when COVID hit, their government actually encouraged them to be, to, to get healthier, to go out and start exercising and start eating better. Hmm. You know, they have one of the lowest, lowest COVID, you know, infection rates in the yeah, world. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> imagine that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I mean, it's uh, it's that's, I mean, again, and it gets back to like the competing in actually, you, you got to get out and see the world because because uh, things are not always as they seem. No, no, yeah, no. I mean, getting out there and seeing. You know, just like going to, like you just said, competing in other places and going to experience other cultures and stuff, like getting a little perspective on what other places take seriously or put emphasis in. It'll, uh, yeah. and how little emphasis the United States puts in a lot of things is interesting. It is. That's a, that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Uh, well, that's that's really all I got for you, and we have to go do a going away dinner with my girls' folks. So, oh man, yeah, I gotta I gotta pee. I'm like I've been holding it for a while. Right, yeah, this this went a little longer than what I planned, on, but it was good. <laughs> cool, man. Well, yeah, I appreciate you getting back with me, man. I'm kind of bummer that the first the first go. Yeah, yeah. For it. anybody listening that didn't know, uh, I caught up with Darren while he was getting ready to compete after he did his weight cut and uh, the audio did not record. So nobody got to listen to it and it was actually a really good interview. So I was pretty bummed about it too. Yeah. Lots Living of opportunities learned. to do more, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate you taking the time, buddy. You're going to be out here next weekend or this weekend. Yep. Yep. We'll be there. We get in um, Wednesday night and then we'll be there till Sunday morning. Sounds good, man. We'll save travels and we'll see you when you get up here. Thanks, man. Good to see you. I'll be uh, excited to hang out in person. Cool, man. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.